Your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch. Merry Christmas, Prodigal Church. Welcome to Christmas at the Movies. Today, we're going to be looking at The Grinch. And throughout this sermon series, we're going to look at uh, stories that we're familiar with and then looking for practical application for our lives this Christmas season. This is actually what Jesus did um, when he used parables. He would use common stories, familiar stories of his day, and teach about heavenly truths from within them. And that's what we're going to be doing throughout this sermon series. And today, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. It's a great movie. Now, there are three major versions of it. The first one from 1966. Uh, the second one was the Jim Carrey version, the real-life version in 2000. And then finally, just 2018, a couple years ago, Illumination Studios put out the latest installment. I've seen all three. I enjoy them all, but my favorite is probably the newest one because my kids have an affinity for that. Um, and last Christmas, my daughter, she always wanted to watch Wrench. Uh, she wouldn't use the G. She would just say, let's watch Wrench, the Wrench who stole Christmas. And so this one's my favorite. This is the one that we're going to be looking at today. I remember one of my kids asking, what is a Grinch or a wrench? What, what are they? What is it? It's a weird character, right? Like, I'm not sure what a Grinch is. Like, like is it an alien? I'm not sure. It's pretty clear that he looks very different from the people in Whoville. But what is he? I don't know. We're just going to say he's an alien, okay? He's from outer space. And you know the story, right? You're familiar with it. The Grinch hates Christmas. He lives up on a mountain overlooking Whoville, and he is going to try and steal Christmas away. If you haven't seen it, this clip will help you get a sense of this character. Really such an awful day. Hey, huh? Merry Christmas. Oh. Happy holiday, Sue. <laughs> the season's greetings, folks. Oh. And Merry Christmas. To save us all from Satan's power, huh? we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort. <laughs> 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 Happy Holidays! 
it's this. Excuse me, are you getting that? I need it for my Christmas stuffing. No. Well, that's not very nice. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. Do you know somebody that when they walk into a room, they just kind of suck the life out of it? Okay, we all do, right? Okay, go ahead and point to that person right now. Okay, now, if you were quick to point, you perhaps could be that person. We all struggle with this. We all struggle with negativity. We all struggle with people bringing us down. Throughout this pandemic, uh, many businesses, maybe even most businesses, have struggled. Um, and that is true of kind of across the board, except for there's some that kind of found a niche within this season, within their own industry. And you know what business took off during the pandemic? And it's not going to be going anywhere uh, once this thing's over? Instacart. Okay. Instacart is where you order your groceries on your phone and then someone goes to the grocery store and then drops them off at your front Porsche and you never have to leave your couch or change out of your pajamas. Uh, why do you mobile order groceries? Why do I mobile order groceries? It's because you don't like people, okay? You don't like people, people get on your nerves, you don't wanna see people, I don't wanna see people, and it's so easy for us to become negative and cynical towards things, even when, when there isn't much to be negative about, cynical about. You would think that Christmas alone would be enough to kind of pull us out of our negativity, right? Because of all the commercials and the music and the lights and all around us, that this would just lift up our spirits and pull us out of our original patterns of thinking, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. But the Christmas season itself isn't enough to pull us out of our negativity. Thanksgiving's past. It should be easier for us to be happy to find happiness. There is an old saying though, and I think it's true, 1,000 compliments plus one criticism equals one criticism. Have you, have you found this to be true? Uh, your boss may say a thousand things great about you, but he says one criticism and that's what you focus in on. Uh, your spouse, they might be complimenting you all the time, but they say that one thing and that's what we hold on to, that's what we remember. It's so easy for us to focus on the negative. Often, negativity is our default mode. It takes work to be positive, especially nowadays. It seems that there are a lot of off-ramps to the highway of joy. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. Let's just leave that up on the screen for just a little while longer. Do everything without grumbling or complaining. Could this be one of our mantras throughout this holiday season? Negativity is innate, but joy is learned. And the Grinch, he's negative Nancy, right? The people of Whoville would say, my cup overflows. And the Grinch would say, you're spilling all over the place. There's nothing wrong with seeing the potential negative in a situation. We need people like that. But there is a danger in living in that mindset. When you always see the negative, 
it can quickly become you only see the negative. When you always see the negative, it can quickly become you only see the negative. Growing up, I remember wanting to be a cowboy. There's something about the horses and the open range and, and the animals and, and uh, you know, I, just something about it. That, that there's a big attraction behind the cowboy persona. Maybe you can relate. Perhaps it can be found in the cowboy theme song that many of us know. Home, home on the range where the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word and the skies are not cloudy all day. I want to look at that line that, that where seldom is heard a discouraging word. Sometimes it's hard for us to imagine such a place. From the moment we turn on the early news or as we begin to scroll through our social media feed, we are bombarded with discouraging words all day long. Often in our homes, our default is anger and frustration, not joy and encouragement. We're a lot like the Grinch. Okay? We're very Grinchy. Why are we so negative? Negative comments are often the way people try to modify someone's behavior, okay? This is one of our uh, faults here, okay? Parents put down their kids, wives insult their husbands, husbands malign their wives, because subconsciously we believe that this is the best way to make our displeasure known and that a change could occur in the other person. No, that is not the best way to correct a behavior. Love is. One pharmacy posted a sign by their service bell, ring once for service, ring twice for poor service, ring three times for no service at all. It is just a truth of life that if I want someone to respond kindly to me, it helps to be positive and encouraging. It is so true with our families. And some of you might say, no, but you don't understand my kids, okay? My kids are crazy. I have asked them nicely thousands of times, so then I finally snap. What if that other person doesn't change? What if they still behave badly and irritate you? Do you get a, a kind of a pass on being loving and encouraging? No, it is still our call, even when our kids are difficult, when our spouse is being difficult, when you're being difficult, when I'm being difficult, it doesn't matter what the results may be in the lives all around us. God desires us to learn and to lean into love. Your focus will determine your feelings. If you are focused on those bad behaviors, it will determine your negativity. Could we perhaps focus on other things? Corey Ten Boom, who suffered in Nazi death camps, explained how to overcome discouragement by changing our focus. She says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Are you getting sick of criticism and discouragement? Shift your focus from the problem to Jesus. Look up. Where are you focused? 
And honestly, right now, wherever you are listening to this, in your car, on a run, in a workout, in your living room, where are you focused? Are you focused on those potential worries and problems and issues and shortcomings and disappointments and failures? Are you focused in on the negative? Shift our focus. Look upward and let's see what happens. Are we focused on our crisis or on Christ? The one whom we are to celebrate this Christmas. Praying, focusing in on Jesus gets our focus off of the criticism or the hurtful words and onto the creator of the universe. Your focus will determine your feelings. We can't always choose what we experience, but we can choose how we respond. And the best way to overcome your negativity is to focus in on something bigger and better and more beautiful. And that's Jesus. See, the Grinch, he was negative Nancy. But why? Why was he so negative? Why was he negative, Nancy? Check out this clip. And it took him right back to his earliest years, to that lost, lonely boy who cried all of those tears. That lost, lonely boy, isolated and sad, with no home of his own, no mom, and no dad. And as the Grinch looked around, he felt downright scared as he remembered that Christmas where nobody cared, where nobody showed, not even a flea. And there were no cards, no gifts, and no tree. And as he watched other kids, one thing became clear that this was the single worst day of the year. And now here it was, that day once again, and he felt all those feelings he felt way back when. He's negative Nancy, all right? He hates Christmas, he hates people singing, but we don't get to label him a bad person because there's always a story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has reasons why they are who they are, why they behave in that way. That waiter that was just plain rude to you and never smiled might have just lost their house. That coworker that tries to make you look bad and make themselves look good might have grown up being made fun of her whole life so she struggles in social situations. That person on social media that views every single issue the exact opposite as you view it, they're not crazy, they have a story. And this is hitting home for lots of us in this season because we live in such a polarized and divided season. Some of us need to let go of the need for them to admit that they're wrong and you're right. Some of us have to let that go. We've been in this tension, we've been in this conflict, and we just keep waiting and we have this hope set on them realizing they're wrong and that you're right. And we need, some of us, we, we gotta let that go because they're never gonna see it your way. They will never view it the way you view it. It's never going to happen. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults 
and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The moment that you value winning an argument over the relationship with whom you are arguing, you have stopped listening, you have stopped learning, you have stopped loving. This is not the heart of Jesus. We must recognize that every person you ever rub shoulders with is a complex, unique galaxy unto themselves created in the image of God. So we need to humble ourselves long enough to resist assuming that we know who they are in their fullest sense, that they are what their worst actions are. We need to spend a few minutes instead praying the blessings of God over them, their lives, their family, their career, their hearts. People are most unlovable when they need love the most. Lean into grace. Lean into compassion. Lean in to mercy. Call this approach whatever you want, but Jesus calls it love. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others also. Now, maybe you're the one who has been hurt. Maybe today you're the one who has these deep wounds within your heart. You have a story. The Grinch, his story, his heart was two sizes too small. How's your heart? Because the heart, this is where we carry our stories. Sometimes there are things that people have done to us, words people have used against us, distance that people have created between us, thoughts that we believe about us. And the heart is the thing, the vehicle that carries all of this throughout the years. When we carry these wounds in our heart, we become accomplices to the wounds themselves. Here's what it often looks like. Uh, your heart is healthy and whole, and all of a sudden, early childhood maybe, your parents yelled at you a lot, and they just said, you're just stupid. And you're right, I, I am stupid, and we tear a piece of our heart. Then in elementary school, you have a crush on that boy or that girl, and you ask them to go to a dance, or you ask them to go around with you, and they reject you, and your heart gets torn again. Maybe you got older, and you tried to, to do this job, and they said, no, you're not good enough, so you tear your heart again. If you have a, a breakup, the enemy comes along and whispers to you that you are unlovable, and you say, you're right. You've now made a vow with that lie. We partner with lies. We're accomplices to the wounds. Maybe you studied real hard and you didn't pass that test. Well, you're just dumb and your heart is torn. Maybe it was the way your coworkers treated you at work and you tear another piece off. Maybe it was the way your spouse looked at you when they got frustrated and a piece of your heart got ripped. It could be a million things, a million little things that keep tearing at your heart and you keep believing these lies about yourselves because they're repeated over and over again. And when that happens, maybe sometimes you, you decide, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a decision, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get things right, I'm not gonna believe these things anymore, I'm gonna treat them better, I'm gonna be different, I'm ready to give my heart to this thing. But because you've partnered with the lies, your heart is still in pieces. You haven't repaired those rips, those tears, those wounds. 
We have to deal with all of our heart if we want to give all of our heart. Psalm 34 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Some of us, when our heart is broken, when our heart is torn into pieces, we think that the Lord has distanced himself from us. That is not true at all. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Some of us need to hear that today. The Bible doesn't say that the Lord is close to those who stand victorious. The the Lord is close to those whose photoshopped versions of their lives posted on social media. uh, And it seems like everything's going great. You know, it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, when our hearts are wounded, we don't turn green and live up on a mountain and direct our anger towards the people of Whoville, or a particular holiday. No. But we are similar to the Grinch. When we are hurt, we isolate ourselves. The Grinch moved up to a mountain, but we have our own ways of isolating ourselves. And just so you know, the enemy thrives in isolation because the only voice you hear in isolation is your own. And that voice is almost always lying to you. That voice is telling you, you'll never be loved again. You're unworthy. That person, they're a thousand percent at fault. It's all their fault. None of it's your fault. And I just want to speak into this issue, this issue of mental health. And I just want to say it so clearly that in the church, as Christians, it is okay to not be okay. The church traditionally hasn't been a great safe place for hearing and for healing. If you grew up in the church, have you ever noticed that if you were dealing with like a physical ailment, a broken arm, a car accident, uh, low on bills, blood clot, uh, a certain sickness, you could go up to a Christian and say, will you pray for me? I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z physical ailment. And they'll say, absolutely, let's pray. I'll be praying for you. Calling all the prayer warriors, let's, let's put this out on the prayer chain and they'll follow up with you. So if it's a physical problem, We'll bring it out into the open, but we seclude and isolate if it's an emotional or a mental health issue. For some of us, we don't even realize this is happening, but in the church, somewhere along the way, growing up in the church, working at a church, we've been told even subconsciously that if we've got Jesus, we're not supposed to struggle with these things. Emotional health, mental health. Can I tell you how dumb that thinking is? Of course we will struggle with emotional health and uh, physical health and mental health because we're human. There is absolutely no shame in admitting that. So friends, let me say this loud and clear. If you deal with anxiety or worry or depression, all answers begin and end with Jesus. But in between that, there are doctors, there are therapists, there are counselors, there are recovery groups that will help you get the help that you need. So not shame on you, friends. No, it's shame off of you in Jesus' name. There's no shame in having internal struggles. For some of us, we have believed the lie that time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. In fact, if you're not careful, time will have the opposite effect. Time will not heal your wounds. Time will harden your wounds. Time is a factor in the healing process, 
But if we don't deal with these wounds that we have, these lies that we told ourselves, these lies that we've agreed with, it's going to manifest. Jesus wants to partner with you in the healing process. So, in the movie, the Grinch does actually steal all of the Christmas decorations in Whoville, all of the presents from every home. And then he is set to drop them off a cliff. Let's watch this last scene. And spoiler alert, this is the end of the movie, but it's been around since 1966, so if you haven't seen it yet, you weren't going to. Check out this clip. What's that? Do you hear it? They're singing? I don't understand, Max. Don't they know what I've done? As he watched the small girl, he thought he might melt. If he did what she did, would he feel what she felt? And the luscious sound swelled, reaching up to the skies. And the Grinch heard with his heart, and it tripled in size. You see, the Grinch took away all of the material goods, and they were still happy. Their happiness wasn't based on their outward circumstances or on their material possessions. And the Grinch wanted that kind of life, that kind of joy, too. The Grinch, see, he didn't steal Christmas. He stole stuff. You can't steal Christmas. You can't steal the message that, that the God of the universe shows up in the form of a baby in Bethlehem to redeem humanity, to show us what he's like, to love us, to free us from our bad choices, and to free us and call us into his mission in the world. The joy of Christmas isn't about presents and decorations. And when the Grinch saw that joy, that it's not based on outward circumstances, something changed within him. His heart began to grow. You want to know what the most basic mantra of joy is? Joy spreads joy. You know it's true. That's why we want to be around people who make us laugh and smile and have fun. Joy spreads joy. I know this, you know this. Paul knew this in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice 
joy. That's what this season is about. It's not about being negative. It's not about being pessimistic. It's not about the decorations or the presence or the music. It's about the God of the universe showing up in human form to show humanity what he's like, to call us back to himself, to redeem us, and to set us on a, a beautiful path of compassion and love and mercy to make a difference in this world, to bring about heaven on earth as it is in heaven, God's will. Joy spreads. Be someone of joy. Have a presence of joy. Be a person of joy this season and beyond. Where do you find yourself being negative or cynical? Lay that at the feet of Jesus and ask him to transform that to joy. God, I pray that this season would be a season of joy. That there would be wonderful joy emanating from our homes. That negativity would be placed, be replaced by, by, by encouragement. That bitterness would be transformed by love. That worry would be consumed by peace. God, it's okay for us to not be okay. You love us and you hold us and you are the place of healing. And so God, give us the wisdom, the wise counsel to get the help that we need to be who you have called us to be. God, we need you in this. We need others in this. We love you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. We wanna thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. We so want to see you in person. So if you are in the Fresno and Clovis area, anywhere in Central California, please consider visiting us on Sunday mornings uh, at 10 a.m. at the Bullard High School Theater. If you are part of our online global campus or uh, here in the United States, we are so grateful. Let us know. We would love to hear stories about how God is using uh, the ministry here at Prodigal to make a difference for you and your community as well. God bless you. Enjoy your week. Merry Christmas.